like to welcome our radio listeners across the valley and our church members here at Abundant Life, 1720 North J Street. The zip code is 89106. You can contact us at 702-647-2627. Thank you for joining us today as we celebrate Singles Day our theme is, we are made in the image of God. The next voice that you will hear after our sacred selection will be that of our distinguished school principal, Johnny Holiday. Just wanna say happy Sabbath and a special happy Sabbath to our singles. When I was preparing to sing a song, I didn't know what to sing today. And a friend of mine said, sing, I come to the garden alone. A lot of people take singles for a joke. But being single doesn't mean that you're not saved. And being single doesn't mean that God can't use you. All he wants you to do is give all that you have to him. And in return, he'll give you what you need. Yeah. 
one, two. Hear me? Can you hear me? I would first like to give thanks to God for being able to stand before you again. I think it is fitting to always give praises where praises are due and all that we've done and that we continue to do, we know that it is a loving, kind, gracious God who is allowing us to do it. Amen? Amen. I would be remiss if I did not recognize the children for what's inside you usually comes out and to stand before the kids now and to know who they are. You know, standing before them and kind of seeing them is one thing, but now as I stand here, I look out and I see Courtney and I see Miss Elam. You know, it's, it's just wonderful to look out at the children, amen? amen? I don't know if you love kids, but I love kids. I need some smiles about that. These are our children. Amen. I love kids. I also want to thank Sharon Jackson for the opportunity for asking me I want to thank her for her leadership, and I worked with Sharon a bit, and Sharon got to know me very quickly in that when I come to work, I go to work. I used to tell my staff all the time, you come to work to go. We work, and so Sharon and I worked well together for a week or so. And we appreciate her volunteering, as so many have. Uh, I certainly want to thank Larry McGriff for coordinating his organizational skills and making these things happen as he worked with Sharon. And I certainly would be remiss if I did not thank our Pastor Rock. Amen? Amen. I thank Pastor Rock for his blessings as I occupy the pulpit. I don't occupy it uh, in a nonchalant manner. This is a sacred place, no place to play with. And so whenever you have blessings to stand here, that's important, that you don't misuse this pulpit. So at this time, if you would just take a moment with me and let us pray, I need you to pray for me that God will use me as a vessel to perhaps give some information that he has given to me as it relates to singles, uh, this morning. Let us bow our heads for prayer. 
Father in heaven, I come to you this morning. I come in sincere prayer. Father, you know I am a sinner. And I pray that you will wash me clean for a moment if it is to save a soul. Please do, for I cannot do that. But Father, I know with you all things are possible. So Father, I pray that you will wash me clean for just a moment. And Father, I pray that the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my God and my Redeemer, that the church say amen. amen. If you would take a moment again and turn to your Bibles. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis, chapter 1, and we're going to deal with Genesis, chapter 1, and we're also going to deal with Proverbs 19 and 21, but let's go to Genesis first, chapter 1, and verse 26, and I will read in your hearing. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 through 28 is what I will read in your hearing. If you have it, say amen. amen. And now, church, I want to ask you something. Uh, you know, by profession, I'm an educator. And... In the field of education, we deal with something called an essential question. The essential question is often given, but in order for us to know the essential question has been learned, it's all, it's all about what the students give me back. Have mercy. Now, it's hard for me to preach to a dead church. Now, I can read some information that's okay, but it's hard for me to preach to a dead church. Now, if you have a God that you love, then say amen. amen. If you've been through something and God has lifted you up, say amen. amen. So I think we're going to be all right. I think the essential question, the activity, and the teaching strategy will be dealt with today. All right. Let us read in God's hearing. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. What did I say? In the image of God created he him, male, female, created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Do what to it? Subdue it. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I want to speak to you this morning on a topic entitled God's purpose and your plans. God's purpose and your plans. Now, if you would take a moment and turn with me to Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 19. 
Because we don't, we don't want to do the word and don't deal with the word. Proverbs in chapter 19, in verse 21. As we speak to God's purpose and your plans. If you haven't, say amen. amen. And it reads, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Have mercy. What's going on here, and we'll talk more about it, is that a lot of us got our plans. Come on now, somebody help me. We got our plans, all mapped out, strategically planned. I will finish school in the 12th grade. I will graduate at the top of my class. I will go to college. I will graduate cum laude or I will graduate above all else. And then as soon as I graduate, I will court someone right during the graduation time for about a year. And as soon as I finish my graduation, I'm going to get married with my undergraduate degree. And then the two of us are going to go on to graduate school. And then we're going to, after that, then we're going to move forward. And I think I will get my doctorate degree. And after I get my doctorate degree, then I will move forward and I'll probably join the church. And after I join the church, I'll, I'll do a couple of other things that speak to my plans are being well formed, organized, and completed. I had some wonderful plans. Oh, those were some wonderful plans, Sister Perkins. But those were my plans. And God had a purpose. Have mercy. Somebody help me this morning. I want to share something with you, and we're going it. In, in the church, do you know that in the land there are many boys missing in the church? And subsequently, men and fathers. There is a certain image that the church tends to represent as it relates to its makeup. Satan has, has raised a war against the church. Amen. He's done this before. You remember the story with Pharaoh and he said, kill all the baby boys, amen? And, 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 and in, in Egypt, they wanted to do so. And, and of course, Moses still came about. So, you know, God has a plan and a purpose, even when other people have a plan. Research indicates, I need to share some research with you. It says, if a child in a family is the first person to join the church, there is a 3% chance that the rest of the family will join the church. If a mother joins the church, there is a 17% chance that the remainder of the family will join the church. But if a father, come on somebody help me this morning. I'm talking about Adam. If a father joins the church, there is a 93% chance that their entire family will join the church. What we need is some real men. A real man. A man. Will a real man stand up, stay seated? We need some real men. The makeup of the church. You see, when Adam was created by the good Lord, Adam was appointed to do a job. Did you all hear that, ladies? It's Singles Day. I'm going to talk to everybody if I can. God created Adam to do a job. That's why I cannot deal with Pastor Rock when I hear young men say, what's going on, man? I'm just chilling. <laughs> chilling? Man, there's too much going on in God's work to be chilling. That bothers me. I'm, I, I've been chilling. 
Oh, that bothers me. But, 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 but see, Adam was created to do a work. And he was given a helpmate. Come on now. He was given a helpmate. And a helpmate has to do with having something to meet. Somebody help me this morning. A helpmate. That means you got something that you got to do. And somebody needs, it's going to help you to get it done. A helpmate. Not somebody who say, what you doing? Well, we're going to chill together. <laughs> no, God didn't create that. There was once told a story whereby a group of tourists were, were watching a demonstration put on by a royal artillery of the queen. And, and, it, and it was a team of six men. And they were flawless. They worked with exact precision. However, one of the six men positioned himself about 25 feet away from the cannon and stood at attention during the entire exhibition. I remember being in London, England, and my wife and I went there, and, and we went to the palace, and we, we went, and I, I questioned, it's, it's, it's interesting how you, how you go to see things, because the television sure make it look a certain way. And when you get there, you be like, I done dragged myself all the way down here for this. So we, we sitting there, and I'm going to finish the story. We're standing there, rather, and everybody is everywhere, and you're standing there, and you're watching these gentlemen in these boots, and they, they're marching, and they, I mean, they're precise, flawless, just marching, just. Just flawless. And we're standing there, and I'm still thinking to myself, what's going on? Why am I standing here? Are they going to do anything else? But, and, it, and it goes to this, as we watched, and, and the story goes on to say, a tourist asks, what does he do? That, that, one, that one that just stood there, the tourist said, what does he do? And, and, and asked people, and no one knew. Not even the man doing it knew. So after a great deal of research and historical training and manuals, it, it became apparent that the sixth man, what he does, he, he was standing there just to, you know, he, he was standing there to hold the horses, to keep the horses, just hold the horses. He stood at attention. But you know why he stood at attention? Simply because he was told to do so. He didn't even know why. My question is, do many of us know what our appointed duty is. Are we just standing there as a single woman because you think that marriage makes you complete? Are you just standing in the church? As a single man, do you think that marriage makes you complete and you're just standing in the church? Question that. Now, let's go on. Let's, let's deal with image for a moment. Image is everything, whether it is marital, whether you're single, image is everything. However, there's one part of image that, is, that actually supersedes all of society. Physical appearance. Hmm. We determine often the sense of someone's value based on how they look. Somebody help me now. I'm telling the truth. We live in a culture that involves liposuction, tattooing bodies, breast implants, one day, boom, the next day, boom, boom. I'm just telling the truth. 
I'm just telling the truth, Pastor. You know, that's what we call beauty. And yet God says that I created you in my own image. What's wrong with what God created? He said, I created you in my own image. God called the dry land earth and gathered together the waters called he sees. And God saw that it was good. The earth brought forth grass and herb and yielding seeds and after his own kind and the tree yielding fruit and the seed was in itself after his kind and God saw that it was good. Come on now. And God, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the night and he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good. God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. But when it came to man, God said, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, him, male and female. And God saw not only that it was good, but God saw that it was very good. The word of God said he saw that it was very good. Now, with that in mind, now let's deal with this singleness. People confuse singleness with unmarriedness. Let me say that again. People confuse singleness with unmarriedness. The Bible says in Genesis 2 and 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Okay? He said, I will make him a help me. However, the Bible does not say that it's not good for man to be single. All right, Nevada, let me just back up. Let y'all digest that. He said, you know, it's not good to be alone, but he did not say that it wasn't good to be single. You see, the word single may be defined as separate, unique, and whole. Play on that word whole. Separate, unique, and whole. W-H-O-L-E. In fact, we certainly need to be whole before we get married. If y'all didn't hear nothing, you need to hear that one. You need to be whole before you get married. Many married couples are not single. What, what did you say? Many married couples are not single. By definition, they are not whole. That's why sometimes in the marriage, you just can't make her happy. Have mercy. You just can't make him happy. He was unhappy before he met you. Somebody need to help me. I'm going to just tell the truth. You got to be whole when you get married. See, some people come into a marriage to become somebody. If you are nobody, but you need someone to become somebody, then you are nobody to give the body. Therefore, there's nobody in the marriage. You, do I need to say that again? If you are nobody, but you need someone to become somebody, then you are nobody to give that body. Therefore, there's nobody in the marriage. You see, 
Those of you, let me help some young people. When I say young, you know, 19, 20, I know you just can't wait to get married. Let me help you this morning. Those of you waiting to get married, please understand that Adam was preoccupied with a purpose in life. He didn't even ask for uh, his wife. That was God's plan. He was preoccupied. He was doing something. He was doing something. He was preoccupied. In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 5 and 31 says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. That's one of the issues right there. We have to deal with that one another time. I know, I know some of you ladies. I, I, I know how it is sometimes when no matter what you prepare for him, it just ain't his mama's. And I ain't, you know, we, uh, we got to be, uh, you know, the pastor talked about liver and conservatism. And so I must say, we know men that when you prepare it, it's just not her father's. Okay, I need to make sure I get that one in there. All right. All right. So, so in, in, in dealing with you wanting to get married, Adam was preoccupied. And, 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 and God's idea, that was God's idea, not Adam. And so we say... For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall become how many? One. One. The focal point in this text is the word cause. One has to understand what is the cause, what is the purpose of your life before you enter into another's life. I'm trying to help somebody. Young people, you got to determine what is the purpose of your life. Before you go messing with somebody else's life. That's why it's important, ladies, to watch what that man is doing before you marry him. Have mercy. You need to watch what he's doing before you marry him. Does he have a purpose that your presence may enhance and not negate? That's why it's important, men, that you watch that woman, that woman that God has, 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 has put it before you because you need to know if her purpose, when you come into her presence, will enhance what's going on and not negate it. I want to share a brief experience with you, and I want you to know before I do, I'm very familiar with Matthew 23 and 12. Whosoever shall be exalted, exalt himself shall be abased. This is not about me, but sometimes some of the best examples we have is our own experiences. I remember when I met my wife, one of the first dates we had, Dr. Rock, was at the University of Georgia. I asked her to be a recorder for Jawanza Kanjufu. Now, you know back in the day when it's time to date, you, you know, they going wherever they go. When I met this sister our first date, I said, would you please come to this function and be a recorder for me? Jawanza Kunjufu is coming in. I was the president of the Graduation Association of uh, Graduate Scholars. And so <laughs> we brought him in to deal with African-American males, uh, the fourth grade syndrome. So here's a woman who's my wife for now 15 years. Our first date, I was showing that sister, look at him. I got a purpose in life. One of the purpose that I'm still doing today is working with children. 
So if you're interested in me, you got to come here real. You can't come here playing. Why ain't I don't want to go to no movies and sit down and watch no movies. I don't want to go. I want to see who you are. And I want you to see who I am. So I submit to you young ladies, watch what the man is doing. You can tell the first time you meet him. I heard somebody say, that's right. God's purpose is more important than your plans. God's purpose is more important than your plan. It is dangerous to make plans before you know God's plans and before you know God's purpose for your life. That's the first point. If you want to write this one down, God's purpose is more important than your plans. That's the first point. It is dangerous to make plans before you know God's plans and before you know God's purpose for your life. That's why it's somewhat dangerous when you have a person that insists on doing it his way. Or it's dangerous when you meet a sister or a brother that just can't wait to get married. You better run. You better run. I want to get married and I want to get married now. I want that man and I want that man right now. I simply want that man. I want that good-looking man. I want that well-dressed man right there. I want that charismatic, charismatic man right there. You know, the one that drives the sports car. That's the one I want. I'm going to get him. <coughs> I submit to you, you better be careful. See, you want him, and you want to move expeditiously to get him. But I submit to you that marriage is like an omelet. It's only as good as the eggs. A rotten egg and a good egg will always create a rotten omelet. So you better be careful who you crack with. You want what you want. But what we said in the beginning, God's plans are not your plan. It has a purpose. You see, an egg, it, it, it becomes the bacteria in the egg comes through, through it, the, a crack in the egg. Okay? That's how it becomes defected and, and, and poisonous. So it's the same thing with human beings. You marry someone, and there might be a crack in their character. So you better be careful about what you want based on what you see. Based on what you see, you know, that's kind of where we live in. All about what we see. All about what we see. God is not impressed with, 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 with what you're doing unless, unless it's his plans. It is about God's plan. It's about God's will. God is interested in what he wants you to do. Did you hear me? God is interested in what he wants you to do. The word purpose in the Hebrew and the Greek is synonymous with will. Will, purpose, purpose, will. They go hand in hand. Purpose is the original intent for the creation of something. The original intent for the creation of something. The maker, God, when he created you, he began with the end in mind. Come on now, you didn't, did you get that? God is, is Alpha and Omega. When he does, it's already finished. Did you get, it's already finished. It's already finished. Everything that God created, God had a purpose. God didn't choose you when your mother and father went to bed. Your mother and, mother and father went to bed because God chose you. You hear me? 
God didn't choose you because they went to bed. They went to bed because he chose you. You are no mistake. Let it be known God doesn't make mistakes. God chose you long before your mother and father did. God has a purpose for your life. While you were single and married, God has a purpose for your life. God knows what he intends to get, and he'll get it with or without you. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms in chapter 33. The book of Psalms in chapter 33. When you have it, say amen. amen. And I'm reading in your hearing. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. See, I'm not just talking. It's the word of God. I don't care what a nation plans, what they want to do. If it is not in God's plans, it won't happen. It will not happen. That's why I wonder sometimes and I ponder why we get so worried about some things. And yet we say we know, we know God, we know the Lord, and yet we worry. When the Israelites were told to go and take the land, you see, God's going to do it no matter what. He's going to have his will done. He said to the Israelites, go and take the land. Take the Canaanites. Go and do what I say do. But the Israelites being stubborn, you didn't know anybody? You know anybody stubborn? Being bullheaded, you know anybody bullheaded? Being such that you're going to complain, do you know anybody that complain? Complain that Lord brought us out here, Moses brought us out here in the wilderness to die, it's hot out here. And he talking about go take some, and I saw what's up there, them giants, I'm not going up there. But God going to get it even if you don't do what he say do. So they wouldn't do what he said do, and then all of a sudden they got bold and said, okay, we ready to go. We ready to go up God. Uh-uh, no. If you go now, I won't be with you. I won't be with you. And if you go now, I won't be with you. And, and, and God went on to tell him in Deuteronomy, he said, and no one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land which I swore to give you unto your fathers. But he goes on to say, the Lord says, Caleb, the son, he shall see it. What's the point here? He will use your children to do what he needs to do. God wouldn't use another generation to do what he needs to do. If we have a piano playing, I'm going to come to a close. In some cases, a person may spend an entire year in courtship with someone. And in two or three months, marry someone else. Come on now, ladies. I know you know what I'm talking about. Because I know some of y'all say, I was with that joker all that time. And she shows up and they get married just like that. Not your plan, but God's plan. And all that's going on, though, here's a point that I want you to remember. My final point. Remember this. And it's located in Isaiah 46 and 80 says... God says, remember this, I am God. That's Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46. Take a moment and turn to that. Isaiah 46. In verse 8. 
said, remember this and show yourselves, men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. In this text, God is saying something that is extremely important. God reminds us Remember this. Now, for God to have to say, remember this, or, or for him to say, bring it again to mind, that, that means something must have been forgotten. He said it in a word. He said, bring it again to mind. That means something must have been forgotten. Now, l- 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 let me ask you this. All you who, who I often hear, I told my students once in the classroom, I often hear I can do things, or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that what we say? Oh, I hear it so often. But yet God has to tell us that I must remind you that I am God and God alone. Why is he telling us that? You know why? Because when those bills start to pile up, some of us forget that he's God and God alone. When children go astray, some of us forget that he's God and God alone. When sickness come upon us, and someone has cancer, some of us forget that he's God and God alone. When we're waiting on the Lord and when, and when you're still waiting to find that person who's lost and, and you, you, don't, you, don't, you just think he or she will never come in God's church, you are forgetting that he said that I am God and God alone. When you think that your life is all messed up and you can't do anything right and you were just on crack cocaine a few months ago, and you were in jail a few months ago, and you were fighting and hitting and abusing your wife a few months ago, and yet you think that you're so messed up that you can't come through those doors, but God is a merciful God and a caring God and a loving God, and he will forgive and forget, and you will come. What do you say? I'll cast all of it in the sea of forgetfulness. That's because we have a God who is the beginning and the end. end. God make known the end at the beginning. God gives the end at the beginning. Whenever God starts something, it's finished. Did you get that? When he starts something, it's finished. That's the kind of God we serve. When you understand that point, then God says, I am a God of peace. That's what that means. That's why when you had long committed meetings and everybody going three, four hours, sometimes just sit still. Because it's finished anyway. God got it. It's all right. It's going to be all right. God got it. Have mercy. Yes, crime will increase. It will. But God got it. He said, I'm God. I'm still God. Yes, the divorce rate is alarming, but he has it. Yes, famine is in the land, but God has it. Yes, hurricanes and earthquakes are happening in uncommon places, but he has it. Yes, I lost my mother at nine, but he began with the end in mind. I can see her again, Pastor. Lest you lost your grandmother. Elder Sanford talks about his grandmother. But God has it. God has it. God has it. There's peace. 
there's peace. The thing that we all must understand is regardless of the decadence in this world and what's going on, we should know that the end will be that the clouds of glory will open up. Yes. See, when you know the end, it's okay. Right. Do you know the end? Yes. You either going to be here or you arise, but all eyes shall see him. That's right. Every knee going to bow. So when you know the finished, there's no need. As you are single or married, God has it. If there's a husband for you, God has already talked with him. Come on, somebody help me. If there is a wife for you, God has already listened to her prayer. He has it. I'd like for you to stand to your feet with me. God has it. Church, I want you to bow your heads with me and I want you to pray silently. And if there's someone, because no matter what happens on this earth, we serve a God, a Lord, who's coming back for us. And I want to be ready. What about you? Amen. If there's someone who this day, at this time, this hour, this moment, want to come before the Lord and say, Lord, when you come, I want to be ready. Church, pray. You pray for this person that's in here because God sees him or her and no one is promised tomorrow. And when God comes, we need to be ready. So we ask this person, take, take, take this step toward the Lord. If you need someone to carry you, just touch somebody's hand and help walk him or her down this aisle this morning. Pray, church. This is about saving souls. there's someone that wants to know who the Lord is before he comes, please come down front. If there are any of you who want Bible study, just raise your hand. If you want Bible study, raise your hand. Raise your hand. We see some hands in the air. Everyone who's not raising your hand, please just keep praying because someone may be in this church that still wants to be baptized. But those who want Bible study, just raise your hand high. Raise your hand. Let us pray. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. Oh, Father, it is my prayer that someone heard something that can make a difference in his or her life. Someone heard something that could draw them nearer to the Lord. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless this church. And Father, we pray that you will bless us that in all the woes of this world, that we will always turn our attention to you. 
and that no matter what's happening, we know that you are still God. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. You may be seated. Let's turn to number 567 and use this as our hymn of response. Number 567, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. We'll remain seated for the first stanza. Number 567, this can be all of our response. The first stanza, 567. the potter, thou art the potter, I am, mold me and make me, mold me and make me, after thy will, and still and what about the second stanza have thine own way have thine own way Lord have thine own search me and try me master today search me and try me master Whiter than snow, Lord, whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence humbly I bow, as in thy presence humbly I bow. The final stanza, have thine own way. Have thine own way, Lord. Absolute sway. Fill thy spirit filled with thy spirit till all shall see till all shall see Christ only Christ only always living in me can the church say amen Thank the Lord for the word. The school board prayed, the church prayed, the conference prayed that he would send us the right principal. 
And we have assurance in so many ways that he did. We thank you, Principal Holiday, Pastor Holiday, Principal Holiday, for bringing us this very clear, potent, and encouraging, instructive word today. We're praying for you, praying for your family as you lead out in the important ways that God has sent you. Those who have raised their hands for Bible studies, we have recorded that interest. If you're here and you're moving to our city, and I heard one such testimony, you may tear off the little single sheet on the bulletin and fill in with the information requested. We'll be in touch and we'll put you on your way to full fellowship with the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. Thank you, Sister Sharon Jackson and members of the Singles Organization, Sister Career and others for the beautiful program you've brought us today. We're going to have the benediction in a moment, but it should be said that the dinner for today is for the adventurers family. So all those who were with the adventurers, you will do the dining, but everybody's invited to partake of the fruit distribution, the watermelons and the nectarines. And if you haven't already been, why uh, we thank Elder Pruitt and others for providing that for us today. Now, earlier today, a gentleman came and ask for help. We um, are a church of mercy. We believe in helping. I'm wondering if that gentleman is still with us. Elder Richardson, Elder Pruitt, Sister Rawls, you met with him. Is he here? He's not here. He is here. All right, stand up, sir. Your family with you? No, this is not the gentleman. Thank you. God bless you. We may help you too. But where, where's the one, Elder Richardson? Is he here? Not here? All right. We'll take care of it another way. Shall we all stand? And we'll look to the Lord to be dismissed. And as we do, we want to remember ere we leave today that this is 9 what? And you know what happened on 9-11. And we shall not leave without a special prayer for those families who've been bereft of their loved ones, and a prayer for our nation. Shall we bow our heads as we pray? Father in heaven, we do thank you for the word, the potent word about our plans and your purposes, for the reminders straight from scripture through your manservant. And we leave here with that blessing encased as seed in good soil. We also wish to think about those who may be in need in our church family and those who may have come for help you know, Lord, that we would have for them the blessings you've given to us. And then, Lord, we think about those who suffered, those thousands who suffered in the devastating blow to this nation on 9-11. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of healing and earth hath no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. We pray for them as survivors who maybe were wounded in that conflagration. We pray for those who are so evil as to devise terror against their neighbors. And 
We pray for our men and women in foreign soil who are fighting for the protection of this country. And we ask that you will be with President Obama. Lord, bless that man and give him wisdom and give him courage. He's a Christian and he believes in you, Lord, disappoint him not. Stand by him and stand by this Congress and this nation so embittered and embroiled. So many voices, so many, so many arguments and debates. Lord, be with this nation that has risen like a lamb that speaks like a dragon. Remember its leadership and may we who are Christians be as salt in the earth. And wherever we are, may we bring hope and may we bring happiness and may we help people to look to the end, remembering that you are the beginning and the end. And may that end come soon. And when it comes, may your purposes for each one of us be richly fulfilled in your kingdom that we can look up and say, Lo, this is our God. He has come to deliver us. And may we have the joy of eternal salvation, eternal fellowship with each other, with the angels, and most of all, with thy son Jesus, our elder brother. It is in his name that we ask it. Let all the people say, Amen. Shall we be seated?